There are four basic rules to choosing your career. The work has to be the reward. An interesting career is better than a fun career. A career doesn't have to be a straight line and beware of unhealthy passions. My dream for you is to learn about how careers are built. Each interview shares some gems. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, I would like to welcome all of you to Thinking About Building Your Career. This is a webinar series that One Jazzy Life produces each month to shed some light for young people about how careers are built. How do women just like you and I build careers once you graduate from college or in professional school and decide what you wanna do and get out there and start doing it. And today we have Tiana Washington, who is a licensed clinical social worker, who's gonna be talking, who I'm gonna be talking with today about how she's built her career over the past few years. So I wanna welcome you, Tiana, to today's discussion. And Thank I'm you. happy that you're here. How are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good now that I'm with you. And I just wanna to make one edit, I'm a licensed social worker, okay. clinical in the works. Okay, licensed social worker, not clinical. Yes, yes. Thank you for that clarification. It is no problem. So I want to start off just by saying, you know, we all decide on a major or we don't decide on a major and it takes some time. Is what you thought social work was going to be when you decided on your major what it actually is today? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. What it was and what it is. So I actually got my undergraduate degree in psychology, right? And my mother will kill me for saying this because she is a social worker. When I was going into undergrad, I wanted nothing to do with social work. Um, I was very ignorant and naive to the field itself. Um, I thought it was mostly child welfare. You know, I didn't want to be that person that was taking away people's kids. That was my narrow view of what the field was. And I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew what I wanted to do in the population, which was working with young people in some capacity, right? I've always enjoyed working with young people and I felt like this is what I want to do, but wasn't sure what that would look like. So when I went into my undergraduate, shout out to CUNY, went to Queens College, I, yes, right? I majored in psychology. I said, I'm gonna be a child psychologist. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help kids and I went into the field and part of your undergrad um, experience is doing some type of internship or placement, right? You have to do a placement to get your feet wet and kind of get your experience in the field. And I remember saying to my mom, oh, I'm gonna do psychology. This is what I'm going to do. I love helping kids, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, my first internship was at Elmhurst Hospital in the Children Adolescent Psychiatric Ward. And I had the most phenomenal supervisor. And I thought she was a psychologist. You couldn't tell me nothing, Janice. I said, this woman is a psychologist for sure. And she ran the entire department. 
Come to find out during one of our supervisions, she, she, was, in, she, was, she was in fact a social worker. And I said, wait a second, you're doing all this amazing things. You're running this program and you're a social worker. And what did I do, Janice? I went home telling my mom, I said, mom, you know, I could do this with social work. And, and she looks at me and she goes, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what I've been telling you? And since then, I kind of started my transition into the field of social work. So graduated with my BS, my undergraduate in psychology, and then transitioned to my graduate degree in social work. Well, I, I have to say there's so much about that story that I completely love. And, and one is you had a mentor. Two, you discussed it with your mom. Being a mom, I, I just love the fact that you went to her and you said, you know, I, this is what's going on with my career. Can you talk to me about it? And three is you, you weren't so dug in. You decided I'm gonna be open and flexible to what you really wanna do. And you had a vision of what you wanted to do and found what it was and, that fit that and went for it. And 100%. So what, what I hear you saying is that your degree that you had left you open and flexible to go for more. And that's 100%. one of the amazing things about college and having a college degree of any sort is it gives you a good spring form into something else. Once you decide what that something else really is, because like you said, that first internship was part of the grit of life. You know. Exactly, exactly. And it's something I wish they, it, to be honest, it's something that I wish they told us more in high school, right? It's like when you get to college, sometimes you go into college with this idea that you have to have it all figured out somehow um, with having very little life experience, right? Very little work experience. You're somehow supposed to go into school and feel like I need to have it figured out by my sophomore, if not my junior year. And if you do, great. I know many of students that have been able to do that, but I also know some phenomenal social workers today that had not figured out what they wanted to do even when they graduated from their undergrad. So I really credit um, and really advocate for internships and placements because it really gives you an opportunity to test the waters see what works for you, see what populations work for you. The moment I did my internship at Elmhurst um, Child Adolescent Psychiatric Board, I knew, I said, children and adolescents, that is the population that I want to work with. I don't know what the environment might look like. I don't know where it's going to happen, but that is the population that I want to work with. Because now, Janice, look, once I've identified the population, now I can kind of start to align my work experience and my volunteer experience towards working with that population. Of course, and then building the skills to go out on your own as you, as you move through your career. I'm wondering, there had to have been some people that you met along the way who, um, who talked to you, who you consider mentors. One of the, you know, pillars of one jazzy life, which is the company I formed, is you know taking care of your health so that you're healthy while you're pursuing your actual launching of your professional life. And two is you know 
getting yourself ready to get out there and make money. And three is doing it joyfully. But we are here mm -hmm. talking today about, you know, number two, which is really, you know, getting your career together. And within that, you've got to have some mentors along the way. You've got to learn how to talk to people and ask for mentorship. I'd like to, you know, get your take on mentorship and who were the people who you kind of uh, reached to, towards for mentorship? Were they in your immediate community? Did you meet them at conferences? How did you form that web that has helped you to, uh, to rise? Um, mentorship is something I also strongly advocate for. I feel like you can never be too young or too old to have a mentor in your life. For me, it was my village and my parents. I grew up seeing them with a very entrepreneurial spirit and that stayed with me. And I had not realized that they had been planting the seeds for me when I was younger, right? My mom was a social worker, but she also was involved in other businesses as well. And I think hearing her and my dad say to me, look, you can have your passion, but know that your passion can also turn profit for you. That stayed with me. Sometimes you hear things as a child and you don't realize the seeds that it's planting for you. And I can honestly say that helped me to even venture out and find folks within the field that were closely aligned to the work that I wanted to do. Even going back to my supervisor at Elmhurst, I remember her saying to me, you know, Tiana, even if you decide to example work at this adolescent ward when you graduate, you don't have to end your career here. She opened my mind to the possibility of starting somewhere and growing there, taking what you need to from there and using those skills in the next transitional phase of your life. That's a lesson that I wish every young person knew because sometimes we can feel like you start somewhere and that is where you end and it's like no 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 we start and then we continue to grow right so one of the most important things like we were saying earlier once you kind of identify that thing that you love what fuels you and you've able to kind of identify folks that are closely aligned to that don't be afraid to say hey I really love what it is that you do. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Or, hey, I'm really new to this field and I love the work that you're doing. How would you feel if, you know, I was became one of your mentees? Some of them might say no, but you oftentimes will find some that say yes. Don't be discouraged if folks are like, no, I can't take that on because understand also to be a mentor does take a lot of time and effort if done the right way. You don't want just anyone to say, oh yeah, you could be my mentee and then you never hear from them. It's like, wait a second, where'd you go, right? So I always say, find folks closely aligned to the work that you want to do and don't be afraid to ask them questions. And on that, on mentorship, you know, one or two things on mentorship because it's so important. Number one, ask for mentorship. Don't just assume because you meet somebody and you know, you think they're a nice person that you, you say, hey, they're a mentor. Make sure you put that phone call in, set that email up, set up a Zoom call with that person, set up a phone call or coffee date and say, hey, I would like you to be my mentor and get specific on what you would like that person to work with you about. 
So maybe it's speaking skills, maybe it's running meetings, maybe it's preparing to present patients, whatever it is, you want that person to be in the, in the milieu to be able to give you feedback on that too, once you do it. So then you also want to set up a next conversation with them and continue to have conversations because the more specific you are at what you want your mentor to work with you on, the more tight and really productive that relationship can be for you. So, you know, mentors, you know, just sometimes people hear the word mentor and they just think, yeah, yeah, I got a mentor. Work with that person specifically on skills. Mm -hmm. If the person says no, that they don't want to be a mentor, hey, awesome. Can I, can I, can I ask you for some advice from time to time? And you, I guarantee you people will say yes. Because sometimes, like Tiana said, being a mentor, people don't have time. But they do mm -hmm. have time for a phone call on advice from time to time. So don't take a no as a personal attack. Take it as, hey, this person doesn't have time. And the next step might be an advisor. Because there are going to be different stages that people come into your life as you build your professional network. So I love that. I love that, Janice. Thank you, Tiana. I appreciate it. I love it. that. Yeah. When and I talk about mentorship, I want to make sure people really understand how to go out there and get that mentor and talk to them. And, and I'm a speaking skills coach. So, you know, sometimes I go over these conversations with people, you know, so because a lot of people are afraid to have conversations. They don't know, they're not as savvy as you are in terms of entering into a conversation like that. And it's not as easy for most folks. So that's that, right. That's just one of one of those good things. So who were some of those people? Were they right in your network or where did you reach for those mentors, Deanna? Um, Initially, I would say, um, even going back to and something I wanted to piggyback on that you said, just really quickly, if you ask someone, right, if there's someone that you identify that you really want to be a part of your network or a mentor, and they say, you know, unfortunately, I cannot. I love what Janice said and well, hey, can I pick your brain from time to time? Or even, you know what, thank you for hearing me out. Do you know anyone within your network that may be open to receiving a new mentee? Would you mind sharing my information with them, right? Don't ever just stop at the no, because sometimes that no is really just a pause. It's a moment for you to pause, collect yourself, and think, okay, how can I proceed forward, right? So I just wanted to add that part to it. And for me, Janice, I think... I want to say going back to high school, um, I had a guidance counselor that was really instrumental in me just kind of like plotting my steps and figuring out my niche, what it was that I wanted to do. And one thing that I remember in high school hearing is your mentorship can start as early as your freshman year in high school, if not before. It can be a guidance counselor. It can be a dean. It could be a principal. It could be a, a, an admin. Someone that you've identified and say, wow, I love the events that this teacher puts together. Let me connect with this teacher and see if I can help her with some of her projects. For me, it was my guidance counselor. I felt, I remember always feeling very welcome whenever I went into her office. I remember feeling very, um, 
like I cared, like I mattered. She would advocate for me and for other students as well. And I remember just always like popping into her office. And at the time I didn't realize it was mentorship in the making, but that's exactly what it was. And she would talk to me about the importance of just kind of aligning your steps going forward always thinking about what is it that I want to do and what do I need to do on my end to make this happen for me. So for our young folks that are listening in, never think that you're too young to reach out and say to someone, hey, I really enjoy the work that you're doing. Can I, do you mind if I learn from you? Can I ask you some questions? Mm. So appreciative of that because so much, so, so many young people are afraid to ask for uh, a few minutes of time to talk. And especially right now during the pandemic when we've, although the pandemic is kind of winding down, it's been over a year of not having the type of access to people that we would normally have in terms of popping into an office and just sitting down and having somebody see what's going on in you just sitting there. So I encourage you all who are who are on this call to take advantage of these uh, these new ways of connecting because you have a skill that not everyone has and that's digital savvy and I, and by all means use that digital savviness as you begin to build your professional network. I mean I I want to just say that you know Michelle Obama our queen. Um, if you haven't read her book, Becoming, make it a reading for the summer, listen mm -hmm. to the audio book. But I always you know, bring this quote out of her book, which is, I'm still trying to figure out what I wanna be when I grow up. And when she said that in her book, it just gave us all permission to not have it all figured out by the time we're you know, in, in college even. You know, you, you want to put yourself in the position to say yes to opportunities. And I would like to ask you how that quote lands on you when you hear it. So the amazing Michelle Obama, when she makes a statement like that, it's, it's almost like folks were able to take their own mask off, right? And say, she is me. Because here it is, we have this established woman who has done and accomplished so many great things. And for many of us on the outside looking in, we might assume that she has it all together and has it all figured out. And she said, oh, 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 oh. wait a second, wait a second. There is still room for me to evolve and to grow and to figure out what it is that I want to do. That quote resonates so much with me because I feel like and I know we're talking a lot to our young people that are going to be checking in and that are on the call, but I feel like when we are young, we are given this message of when you graduate college, you have to have everything figured out, know what career that, what it is that you want to do. When we're in elementary school, what is the age old question that we get? What do you want to be when you grow up? As though when I become this thing that life in a sense somewhat ends and that that is the end of uh, me growing and me evolving. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. I started my career doing social, emotional-based academic tutoring, right? So it's tutoring with an SEL component to it. And 
I started there, which was years ago. I'm not going to say how long ago, but years ago to now owning my own company, right? Creating, hosting events that matter to me and my community. Events that I wish I had when I was growing up, but I didn't come into the field of social work doing that thing. So it's kind of like I graduated with my social work degree in what, 2012, 2013. And if I had listened to that age old mantra of, well, what do you wanna be when you grow up? I wanna be a social worker. Now I'm a social worker. I'm doing this social emotional based academic tutoring, but I knew something else was tugging at me. I knew that there was more there. And going back to Michelle Obama's quote, it's a true testament of, where you are right now does not have to be where you end. Where I am right now is not where I'm probably going to be five years from now, 10 years from now. My hopes, my dreams are bigger than what is happening right now. And Janice, I'm, I'm so grateful for all that has happened, for the experiences I have had, for all my internships, my placements, my volunteer experience, all of that. I'm so grateful for it because without it, I wouldn't be where I am right now, right? But I also know I am still becoming. Tiana Washington, T Speaks, NYC, it's just the beginning. And when we have this conversation two years from now, well, I might be in a different place. So I say that to say for everyone that's listening in, young, middle, however you identify, where you are now doesn't have to be where you end. If you're in a situation, a career, a job, whatever, and it doesn't feel right for you, know that you don't have to stay there. We're all becoming. That's, that's what I just love the name, you know, of the book Becoming. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that you would share that we're always changing and evolving because, you know, what we like today may be something that fits us today but all of the experience that is that we continue to have help us to form new likes, new uh, places that we want to explore. And those things are great, you know, for us to be able to add on. You don't ever lose what you've done. You know what I mean? Mm. You gain those skills and transferable moments and relationships and all of that. And you take that to the next place where you go to make that impact that you want to continue to make. So it just, it does continue to grow and evolve and change as, as we move through. And, you know, with people having had such a hard time this year, hmm. the last 15 months, you know, being mm -hmm. isolated and you know, this being, you know, is in, I was on a call the other day in the uh, NAMI, National Association for the Mentally Ill, their calls were up this year. And their calls for depression and anxiety have been up, which is a really good thing. And I was very happy to hear that. Uh, I'm a speaker for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And, and I felt so good to know that people are reaching out. So I'm sure, you know, that you've had an influx of people reaching out. What has your experience been, you know, this past, you know, 15 months in terms of people reaching out and, and, and the like? 
The past 15 months have been a whirlwind, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, for my students, for their families, parents, this has been a year like none other. And I think I will never stop saying that because of the accuracy of this statement. This past year was crazy, Janice, okay? So I, a, a little bit of background context. In my company, one of the services that we provide is one-on-one wellness coaching for middle school and high school students, right? For teen girls. And typically a lot of the issues that I have coming in for referrals are based around body image, um, self-esteem, peer conflict, um, conflict within the home and how to cope with that, past traumas, things along those lines, right? This past year and a half, the referrals that were coming in, 98% of them were around anxiety and depressive-based symptoms. And some majority of the parents that were referring their daughters to me didn't have the language to say, I think my daughter is experiencing anxiety, or I think my daughter is experiencing some depressive symptoms, but what they would describe was very much aligned with that. Mm -hmm. Trouble sleeping at night, having nightmares, symptoms that they had never experienced before, irritable mood, suicidal ideation, change in temperament, change in mood altogether. I mean, you name it. And when I was sitting with these students, they would talk to me about just the isolation that they were experiencing, the loss of structure throughout their day, them having an inability to just cope, right? In New York, we were the epicenter at one point of COVID. Now you think about that through the lens of someone that's living in example, a low income neighborhood that doesn't have many resources, that was already trauma stricken, that already had all these things stacked against them. And now you say, I want you to stay in this studio apartment with the six family members that you live with and I want you to deal. And I want you to do virtual learning. And I want you to come to school every morning. And it was, I want you to excel. <laughs> and, and I want you to excel, okay? I don't want to hear about your Wi-Fi not working. I don't want to hear about you having to take care of your sisters and brothers. It was so much. And then also the civil unrest from a lot of the social injustices that were happening. So we had this, almost like this melt. So much so much happening at the same time. And going back to our earlier point of what we were saying and knowing how to pivot and how to adapt, me doing one-on-one work was not what I started doing with T-Speaks. Mm-hmm. T-Speaks initially started as a public speaking forum in a sense. Folks would reach out, hey, I love what you're doing with young girls. Can you come and speak to my group of young girls? It turned from that to now I'm hosting events for myself. I believe strongly in bullying, right? We had our first um, anti-bullying event December of that year, two months after I started the company. In-person event, December 2019. What happened after Janice? Here we go, 2020. No more in-person events, right? And Janice, I'm a very in-person type of individual. I love the energy that I get from my workshops and my students, but 2020 was not hearing that. 2020 said, you're not going to be meeting in person with anyone, right? So again, I had to adapt 
And I had to say to myself, how do I still bring the same energy and type of events to this virtual online space that was starting to develop? So after which I had my first two virtual events that spring of 2020, and it was from there that I realized there's a need for one-on-one -on -one work with young girls. There's a need to have some type of supplement, some type of connective bridge where when they finish my workshop, they know that they can follow up with me in this way. And that's how the one-on-one -on -one session started to evolve. And, and here we are, a, a year and a half later, here we are with a full caseload and a nine to five, but God is good. And I feel like things are placed in your path for specific purposes and reasons. And um, I'm writing this one out. <laughs> There's so much in that that is positive. Number one, um, parents were reaching out because they noticed within their young girls some changes. And they said, you know what, something's not right here. Let me find a professional. And that in years past has just been something that in marginalized communities hasn't necessarily been something that's been a first priority. And I just love the fact that number one, that's been a priority. So that is, you know, there's always this, you know, notion that we're not breaking down stereotypes and that we're not taking away the stigma of talking about mental health. But I, I believe that COVID has, has been one of the things that has just truly ripped the veil off of stigma and mm. has really given voice to um, people to begin to discuss mental health in a very real way. And I mean, mm. I've been talking about mental health since the 90s. And, um, and I have to say that this has been a year where, and they were talking about stigma back then, oh, we gotta work on the stigma and there's still a stigma. Right now, that is, uh, we're not living in a stigma-free society, but I feel that just knowing that and hearing that moms and aunts and grandmothers and, and sisters were reaching out to you saying, my young lady needs a hand, mm -hmm. let me know that things are going in the right direction. And number two, what I also know is that we can do hard stuff because this pandemic and young people, you can do hard stuff. I watched my son do hard stuff, you know, and, 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 and I know, and I watched a whole host of young people. I mean, I'm a swim coach, so I've been a swim coach for, you know, decades and and in my business, I have watched young people just do the hard work of being in this pandemic and keeping themselves working really hard to keep themselves above water mentally and above water physically mm -hmm. and staying in the game competitively. And I just appreciate the fact that everybody out here you know, all the people on this call, you probably did some hard stuff and it would be mm -hmm. a great time right now to kind of reflect on what those things actually were, because those are, are things that you're gonna be able to take into the next phase, whether it's time management skills, whether it's uh, you know, you trying new things, because you said you had to pivot. This has been a year where we've had to try new things. We've had to adapt and do everything in a new way. And you learn that about yourself. 
you learn that you can try new things and do different things and be successful at them. So that's, and that's just a blessing to have to learn, but it was right here on us. Sometimes we don't want to have to learn that quick Mm -hmm. and and that Mm -hmm. roughly, but uh, nonetheless, happy to know that, you know, we, 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 we were able to do that. 100%. Even some of, I mean, I was looking in the attendance, the attendance log, Some of the women that are logged into this call right now, the Millennial Babes podcast, the Joy of Social Work podcast, K Marie Visuals, these are women that I know personally, right? That I have seen persevere and evolve throughout what has been one of the most difficult years for a lot of us professionally, personally, and they have created platforms for our community to raise awareness about mental health, to help unveil that stigma that is still uh, in a lot of our communities, maybe not as much as it was before, but still very much present. They've all done that work, right? And we talk about village, we talk about community. Here they are on this call with us. So I think to your point, Janice, honestly, the conversations we're having now about mental health are not the conversations that we were having five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's more of a spotlight on the importance of saying, I'm not doing okay. And knowing that that is okay, right? Knowing that as a young person, I can identify someone that I trust because we do have to be mindful sometimes of who we, you know, speak to and share our truths with, but knowing that it is okay to say, I've been struggling a bit. Let me seek out some support and let me seek out some help. Let me talk to my family. Let me talk to someone in my school that I trust. So important. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you with that. I mean, and I'm glad we have all these uh, women on here who have provided platforms. I mean, I'm just so proud of all of you because you've all kind of developed a nice community of young women and and girls who Mm -hmm. can go to you. And, and, that's, and that's what we need. We need, we need enough women out here touching girls and guys, you know, and letting them know that, listen, there's a place for you. What you gotta do is important. So let's get you there. And that's, and that's really what we, we all kind of do in our, own, in our own way. And I'm really happy about that. So, you know, just talking about advice because you've given, you've shared a tremendous number of gems this evening in this conversation, if you could say to a young person right now who is, say they don't really know what they wanna do or you just give, give a few pieces of advice, give three pieces of advice and the pitfalls mm-hmm. to look out for, you know. And the pitfalls to look out for? Give, give, start off with maybe a pitfall, you know, just whatever you wanna start with. I think, The number one thing I wish I knew earlier on that I wish they spoke to us earlier about was the importance of networking. We touched on it earlier a bit um, when we were speaking about mentorship, Mm -hmm. but hear me when I say, and this is for young folks, this is for folks that are in the field now, know the importance of networking. A lot of the speaking opportunities, contracts that I've been able to secure, opportunities that I've had, writing features for 
huge, huge media outlets. They came because of the network that I have been able to build. And building your network can be as simple as being on social media, finding an account that you really enjoy, that inspires you, that's really aligned to what it is that you want to do, reaching out and saying, hello. I love the workshop that you did last week around bullying and self-esteem. I'm into that work as well. Can we connect? Boom, that's it. Just plant the seed. Don't be shy in planting the seed because when you do that, that individual's network and resources now become part of your network and resources and vice versa. Network early on, um, identify what moves you, what fuels you, what makes you genuinely happy. Sometimes I talk to my young woman at the workshops and they're like, you know, Miss T, I, I don't know what it is that I want to do um, with my life, but I know that I'm really good at putting events together. Okay, let's start there. Is there uh, an event that you've always wanted to put together? Is there a social problem that speaks to you that you would really love to put an event around? Are there folks that you know in your school, in your church, in your community that do similar work? Maybe we can connect with those folks, right? Identify what you love to do early on. And don't feel pressure if you feel like, I just don't know. That's the beauty of volunteering. That's the beauty of connecting with folks in your community and in your school. Because once you do that, you're opening up your mind, your horizon, and your experiences to other things that may spark an interest for you. Things that may make you feel like, huh, I volunteered at this homeless shelter the other day and I loved what I, I love the feeling of giving back. That is what we have to do. That is what we have to talk to our young people about. Volunteer, identify that thing that moves you from early on. Pitfall to be mindful of, folks that don't see your vision. Folks that will try to talk you out of a dream that you may have. If you know that you enjoy photography, that is what makes you happy and you found this great internship and you have a close friend that's like, why do you wanna do that? That's dumb. You're not gonna make any money doing that. Be mindful of folks that are not cheering for you when you are happy, okay? Be mindful of folks that don't share your passion. Be mindful of folks that are Debbie Downers, that are, are just always kind of in a funk, that don't uplift you, that don't inspire you, because the folks that you spend the most time with are a reflection of what your future will look like. So if you are surrounding yourself with folks that are constantly just not in a good space, where do you think you will end up eventually taking on some of that energy, taking on some of their mindset? We don't have time for that. We don't have any time for that. When I started my company, Janice, I connected with some amazing individuals, one of them being on the call, Joy. And I remember us sitting down and saying, you know, I really admire what you're doing. And I kind of like what you're, can we talk? Can we connect? Maybe we could be accountability partners because I see the vision that you have 
and you see something in me too. Let's make this thing work. And you know what, Janice? Having that accountability partner helps to keep you on your toes, helps to keep you motivated, helps to keep you going. When I have a gig I can't do, I'm like, Joy, girl, I have this thing going on, but I can't make it. I think it's right up your alley. And I know she does the same for me. So be mindful of the folks that you keep around you because they can make or break your career experience 100%. Oh, yes. I mean, those were, those were, that was exactly, exactly, exactly what I was hoping that you might give us on this, you know, call. Just listen, ladies, you know, where to kind of look out for the pitfalls, you know, what those pitfalls might be. And more importantly, you know, how to kind of identify where you want to take yourself, you know, and that's a, and that's a positive, positive thing to do. And just because that's what you want today doesn't mean that you are married to that for life. Mm -hmm. That's the scary part that I think that I've encountered with young people in my discussions is that Oh my God, if I, and that's the paralysis and choosing, oh my gosh, I've got to choose this and it's going to be this forever. And it really isn't, you know, but, but I know this and you know this and, and, but we're older and we've had more experiences and it's really kind of difficult. It's not difficult, you know, but it takes a minute to kind of infuse that into a young person's spirit so that they know that this is a great choice. If it feels good to you right now, choose it, take it, mm-hmm. take, that, take that leap and get into it and you will learn and grow. Yes. And, and blossom into so much more and move on. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. And, and that is the real beauty of it. Yes. And I think the last, the last, last advice I would give is that you don't only have to exist within your nine to five. Um, if you enjoy the idea of working a nine to five, great. Um, a lot of my closest friends love what they do on their nine to five. However, know that you can work a nine to five and still also pursue your passions or your entrepreneurial spirit. You can absolutely do that. I've been blessed to be in a space of having a nine to five, but also being able to have my company and to doing what I love on the side and being able to have my workshops, connect with nonprofits, contract with other companies and doing that work as well. So know that multiple streams of income do exist for mental health professionals. It's not just a nine to five. That is something that I implore mental health professionals to know, to speak to young people about, and also for graduate programs to tell their students as well. When I was going to graduate school, all I heard was clinical, 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 open your own practice, clinical, 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 which is great, but that's not all there is to the field of social work and mental health. Talk to young people about getting into public speaking and not really getting into public speaking, but knowing that they can get paid from doing public speaking, from hosting workshops, from hosting events. Being a mental health professional is holistic in itself. You don't want to be that mental health professional that does things just one way and is just one track minded. One is boring. Two, people will not want to book you. And three, that's not what the world is. 
that's not the clients that you are, that you will be wanting to attract. Be holistic in terms of how you're thinking about your career and know that there are different avenues to achieve what it is that you want to do. I'm big on the multiple streams of income, Janice, because generational wealth is something that doesn't get talked about often enough in our communities. And a lot of our young people need to know that that is a possibility for them and for their families. Yes, as it is a pillar of one jazzy life is creating. Okay. And that is uh, when you have some wealth, you can help more people. And it's, and it's, it's just such a, a mindset that's around money that that's a whole nother conversation that gets opened up as we grow and as we get more money. You know, that whole money story is a very interesting conversation that has been passed down. And I'm glad to see that it's a, it's a priority for you and it's a priority for many of the, the young people that are in your community. And it is good to know that you don't necessarily have to be siloed into a, uh, and nobody has to be siloed into a nine to five. You know, there are, there's a whole, you know, you know industry of side hustles that are out here. And, and there's nothing wrong with that you know, because that gives you a chance to pursue things that, that you feel passionate about alongside, while running alongside of your job. And you can build leadership capabilities in those that you can bring to your nine to five or take to other areas if you're not really using that in your nine to five and express those things. And then you're gonna build connections and they're gonna say, oh, you know what? You're great for this. You're gonna be excellent in this role. And again, the network expands. So I think mm -hmm. one of the themes of this conversation has been building your professional network. And that's a, just in and of itself, part of what helps you to build wealth. And if that is one of the things that we can kind of end on almost, I would say thank you so much and for, for sharing with us your journey and how you built your company, your thought process and your feelings on the mental health uh, industry and how that reflects on what opportunities are here for people. And I'm gonna leave the last word for you. Um, so one, thank you for having me. Um, thank you so, so much for having me because I'm getting the opportunity to talk to our young people is something that I take very seriously. Um, and I'm honored to have been able to be on your show. So thank you for that. Um, and I think just for lasting words, know that everything will be okay. Um, I think sometimes we're so much in the thick of it, of figuring out what life is, that we can feel and put this pressure on ourselves to have it all figured out and no one, no one has it all figured out. We are literally growing and evolving every day. And I just want our young people to take it away that everything will be okay. Um, start planting the seeds and doing the work from now. Um, volunteer, reach out, ask questions. Don't be discouraged if someone tells you no. 
Don't be discouraged if folks don't believe in your vision or your passion or your dreams. Because for every person that says no, you're going to find at least three more that do believe in you. And that's all you need. And even sometimes, I'll tell you this, if you feel like you're in a space where you can't find someone else that believes in your vision, you are all you need to take yourself to where it is that you want to go. Because it all starts here in your mind. And once you've settled that in your mindset, the places that you can go are uh, just, it sounds cliche, Janice, but I always tell my young people, just believe in yourself. And that is all you need at the end of the day. And also one more thing, use social media to your advantage. A lot of like, so many of the young people that we talk to, they're on social media and they're scrolling and they're scrolling and they're scrolling. I said, mm -mm. if you're on social media, you are on there to connect, to network, to learn and to brand yourself, okay? If there's something that you are into, if there's a field that you're into, those are the pages I want you to be following. Those are the accounts I want you to be connecting to. That is what I want you to be doing when you go online. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes we have our fun and our downtime and we like to, you know, uh, do a little whatever on social media. But know that social media has a purpose. And when you're on there, ask yourself, what do I want to get out of this social media interaction today? If I'm scrolling for over an hour, it should be something that's helpful and useful for me, right? Use it to your advantage. And I think I'm going to end there. <laughs> no, that, I, hey, I, 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 that's another, you know, another layer also of this conversation. So do we have any questions from anyone who is on the chat? You can just type a question in the chat if you have one for Tiana. Oh, Joy and Donna. Oh, I love you guys too. <laughs> everyone is so proud of you and, you know so I, I don't that's see my anyone. village that's my village Janice. I'm, I'm so glad that they showed up to to uh support you and I really appreciate that from them so with that I'm going to say I don't see any questions in the Q&A I don't see any in the chat I will say thank you and um you got another big shout out from oh millennial babes podcast so i will check that out as well and thank you tiana have a great evening and i look forward to all of the great things that you're going to do oh thank you janice the feeling is mutual thank you again have, have a good great. night all right bye 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 i hope each of you enjoyed this webinar and learned a few gems you can use on your professional journey. For more inspiration and information to build the career of your dreams, follow me on Instagram at The Real Janice Saunders. Until then, be busy being who you want to be and living a lifestyle that suits you just fine.